June 15, 2021. It's the Watt for Pedro Show.
Live from Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. Day before Bloomsday. Maybe it's B-Day. Started to show off. John Coltrane. Rise and shine. We got a heat wave here today. So, <laughs> you'll shine for sure. And then the League of Atomic Music Composers with, uh, no, Automatic. God damn yeah. it. Read your own right. <laughs> you heard a voice there, people. Yeah, Brother Matt, still at the Love Grotto. Pleasure Point, a couple miles south. Cause, but we're nearing the end. I think the governor today is ending quite in quarantino mode. But I am not totally man alone because of those uh, engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got with me Brother Tim Perkis. What more? Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a real quick intro. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, we got to thank the uh, Brutal Sound Effects crew for the connect. Thank you much because I might have, you know, this music's been going on 40 years and I might have been unaware. But so mm. most great, Brother Tim, I would like learn about your journey through music so please bring your earliest musical recollection if you will earliest musical recollection wow um well you know i got this picture i remember <laughs> it brought me back to like you know it's kind of like 1956 i think my grandparents gave me this like kitty drum set and and i and they also gave me a and, and another relative gave me this toy geiger counter and so, I'm, so there's a picture of me, I'm like with these headphones on, like checking out the cool sounds that are electronic sounds that are coming from moving this kitty Geiger counter around next to the cymbals on this drum. And I thought, OK, so <laughs> I'm already like doing electronic music, you know. But, in the, and, and if I understand toy drum set, we're talking paper heads. Yeah, paper heads, right. I got to so, tell you a little, this little bit, yeah. a little spiel about this. You know, the urinals? The what? We, there was a SoCal band from the 70s called the urinals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And their first record, you know, surfing with the Shaw and shit, that's what Kevin's playing. He's rocking like... Oh, really? One of those. <laughs> and get this. And Kevin and Kel... Cool. I'm not Kevin. Uh, John Tyler Jones and Kel. Well, hey, this amplifier's got two inputs. Why don't we both plug... In? They're using the same amp. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Jamie Cano, huh? So go on yeah. with your story. So you got this picture. But well, yeah, I just it, it just took me back, you know, because it was kind of like there was, there was, you know. And my, of course, my parents hated this. This is a bad toy to give your grandchild, right? It's my parent. Okay, great drums, you know. Right, so, right, because where are you going to prank it, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, um, Usually give it know. to an enemy in the neighborhood, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's true. Those paper drum heads didn't really last all that long. Yeah. Uh, but, now, what, you know, what, I kind of went on, you know, and that, you know, but then when I think of like my musical, when I really, what I was listening to, you know, in high school. No, I want to get before that because, you know, oh, everybody, that, everybody shares this kind of experience, right? Uh, yeah. Like the pad you grew up in, besides that toy drum set and that Geiger counter, was there other mu musical instruments? Well, you know, electric guitar came in at a certain point. Uh, point no, but point. at that time, at that time, there's no, no, at that time, like a no. piano or shit like that. No, no, no. Well, you know, we didn't have a piano, but I know I was always like, if we go the family picnic or something, go to somebody's house with a piano. I was like, "Where's Tim? He's off in this room." And I was doing this kind of like weird because I had no musical training at that point at all. Yeah. Just this kind of free improv on this piano, and people were fine with it, you know. And, uh, you just jumped on it, played it like a drum. <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> it is because, you know, in the old days, piano was always in the rhythm section with the bass and the drums. So was yeah, the guitar. Well, the horns were so loud, everybody had to jump on the eighth notes just to thump out the beat so the people could dance. Yeah, yeah right. Can I ask you about school? Like grade uh -huh. school, right? Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like yeah, that? Yeah, I was in the marching band. Would you I, work? I, I played clarinet and then oboe. I played oboe and then saxophone when we were marching, you know. 
licorice stick and then the sex. Both reads. Obo double read. Yeah, yeah. That was cool because, you know, they had one and they would provide it, you know, so I didn't. I had a clarinet. I got to tell you, the best rocking oboe song or oboe rock song, let's put it that way, out of the blue, Roxy music. Oh, I, I got to check that out. You know, out. the oboe cuts through, right? Oh, out of the blue. And then huh? the other double read thing is the bassoon. And I'll tell you the trippiest thing. You know, usually you'll see if angels are playing shit, it's usually a harp, right? Not Mr. Gowdy's uh, Familia Sangra, you know, that Barcelona. The, the, the angels are rocking bassoons at the hatch. Oh, on the, on the, in that, uh, like, in, uh, like, in, uh, like, carvings in the church there yeah, and stuff? Yeah. Oh, wow. I <laughs> should That's be not. Yeah. So, uh, did you learn how to read and shit? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. And, and so. what was the experience? Was it positive? Oh, yeah, it was positive. I loved it. I loved it, the whole thing, you yeah. know, and, uh, um, you know, yeah, I was playing, uh, yeah, the marching band was fun, you know. I love the whole like like you know, kind of all these maneuvers and you pick up squad and you go around a corner and you kinda of like fan around a corner and all that kind of stuff. You're getting ready to work the room. <laughs> Can I ask you the first record you bought with your own money? First record I bought with my own money. Probably the Beatles. Probably Magical Mystery Tour. Oh yeah. Because, you know, my sister, my older sister was huge, you know, I love Paul, you know, kind of Beatles fan, you know, with like hearts all over. She put these hearts all over the Beatles records and stuff. <laughs> okay. What about the first gig you went and saw? Oh, the first gig. Um, yeah. I'm t- oh, well, Grateful Dead came and played at this kind of teen center dance, like when I was in high school. It was unbelievable, you know, kind of, this is a night. Maybe 1967. So they're not warlocks. They're they're Grateful Dead. No, they're the Grateful Dead. So I don't know. Maybe that's not exactly the right date. It's 67 or 8. I'm well, I don't sure. know. I'm not that big of a, a knowledge on that. Although, but no, they were the Grateful I, Dead. I tell you, yeah, when, I read, their, the, when I read the interviews uh, with Jerry Garcia, he seems like he was a pretty interesting guy. But somehow the music never got to me. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I kind of got into them later when I was, you know, in a big, big time in college and all that. Richard Meltzer told me you got to listen to Working Man Dead. That's the good one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, one day I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> no wine before it's time, though. No. So, it's not like going to the dentist, man. It's not going to be that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> one time, you know, I went to the econo dentist thing at USC. You know, student. And the, oh yeah. The lady, the intern, had both her feet on my chest and a plier in my mouth. Oh my god! <laughs> a little bit of pain involved. So, 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 Tim. Yeah. You mentioned drums. Did you ever get a real kit? No, I never did. Okay, okay. Was like, you know, because my yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents. It was a, you know they were not. Uh, no, I understand. They, that was that kind of made set their attitude about having drums in the house. Yeah. Can I They're ask totally you this? Can I, you're not after school like graduate, but in the afternoon, the basement man, the 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 bedroom band the garage band did you do that well no but i did like uh no that's right i didn't really have like uh a social music life outside of school. <laughs> that's a good uh, way to put it and, and but but i had my electric guitar at that point i was i was into hendrix and like i was i had electric guitar and i was kind of i'm in the basement with jimmy, the electric guitar jimmy's yeah. your inspiration he's he's the man man 
Oh yeah. Huge I mean, that's man. the sound. I mean, I mean, listen to all this music I've been doing for years on the computer and stuff. I mean, that that's really kind of the the inspiring. It's still sound. Jimmy, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's a big inspiration to me. Uh-huh. You know, I want to be his Billy Cox. I remember one time he said, "Mitch Mitchell, that's my Elvin Jones." Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like with Jimmy, man, I want to be his fucking Billy Cox. So, <laughs> yeah. so no, no. You, you know the way the bass is, right? The politics. You look good making the other cast look good. So you know uh-huh. you got you working for Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, like yeah. James Jameson on any of those Motown tunes. Oh man. So, yeah. so 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 you're you, what do you do? Are you like me and D Boom uh, in the seventies? We don't write any songs because nobody we knew did. So we're pra- uh, we're trying to learn stuff off records. Is that what you're trying to do? Well, what back in those, in those days, of course, of course. Well, um, you know, I wasn't. Yeah. God, you know, I never, I never really tried to learn tunes. I don't think so. that's okay. I, I think that's a good did, thing. I don't you know, know what the I was kind of like, man, because Jimi Hendrix for me was all about that sound, right? And I wasn't like, you know, here's uh, another thing about Jimmy: never played the same song the same way twice. Yeah, yeah, you listen to all the live stuff; they're never, never the same. Yeah, right. I dig that. But that's something, you know. So I remember somebody saying, uh. uh you know, because I've been in this kind of improv scene all along, and that's what that always is. It's kind of like every day is different, and there's no tunes or anything. Right. But the difference between a rock band that has a set and is like learning these tunes, and and any kind of kind of improv free jazz band is like, I mean, there is that element of kind of getting it down and get you know getting getting knowing how to do it correctly in some way or something right. that is always in the rock thing that was never in any of this. This free jazz kind of stuff. So, do you yeah. think at the bottom of the barrel or end of the day, or because like, you mentioned days of metaphor, say, music is music? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Because the genre thing is kind of a Berlin Wall. Well, right, right, right. No, it's 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 really true. I mean, it's all there, there are all these. Uh, there's only mix. You know, what was it? Lou Harrison it was a great teacher. You know, later on, and it's like there's only mixed genres there's only mixed music that's all the that's the only kind of music there is where like some you know genres get mixed people 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 listen everybody people listen to everything fact the truth of the matter is right right the influences so, are influenced by those they are influencing yeah right <laughs> this is it's, it's the end of uh, lady from shanghai with that fucking mirrors <laughs> i think that's up in the city where they finished it yeah yeah okay well, uh, let's let's play some uh, tim Perkis music here the hub
Watch for Pedro's show. Not clam-free, people. Start that chunk of music off with a hub. Wax Lips 2. Then Sam Locke Ward with Forever. His buddy Bob Bucko Jr., both these guys, Iowa City. Sam, uh, no, Iowa State. Sam Locke Ward, Iowa City. Bob Bucko, Dubuque, driving eyes closed. And Joe uh, Cardamone with uh, part 19 of his uh, Quarantina series. You're, you're so cool. He's got like kind of Prince spell in there. Fuck me up, Joe. Number two. And then Bob is printing out of D.C. Hopefully, hopeful they'd meet again, yet doubtful. These cats have made about four or 5,000 recordings, maybe five gigs in 40 years, but they're still going. Tim Perkis finally with Zig. Uh, obviously the part one, right? Because Zag's part two. Okay. <laughs> Back to your story. So you're at yeah. home with the electric guitar and just trying to find your voice with it. You're not doing it. You're not yeah, trying to be yeah. part of a band, but you're yeah. not trying to learn songs off records. Right. That's true. Yeah. Are you making you know, recording? I haven't really thought about this in a really long time. It's That's okay. That's what the show's fucking question. for. But, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but are you recording yourself? Uh, yeah, you know, at that time, yeah, this little kind of like, I remember that was another kind of grandparent gift. I mean, I realized they were giving me cool stuff. Yeah. It was like a, yo, I'm Tim, yo, I'm. <laughs> yeah, this little kind of reel to reel, uh, you know, uh, reel to reel tape recorder, you know, with kind of these like three inch reels, you know? Sure. You know, really, really a little, little thing. I remember them. I remember and, in fact, um, you see them you at know, the beginning. Really... You see them at the beginning of every Mission Impossible. They're yeah, exactly. They burn up after they give the spiel to Mister Phelps. Didn't have explode feature, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but it was like, yeah, it would, uh, yeah, and it would make these kind of, kind of crap. I mean, there was no idea of lying in or anything. So you, it's just like a, my, one of these weird crystal mics. Well, that... well, this is why I want to ask you this, Tim, because you know somebody like. Delia Derbyshire. Electronic music actually has a big tape background, so that's why I ask about the oh, tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's do, true. Yeah. Do you think some of your beginning of electronic music came from this experience of you trying to just document your guitar work? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Because also, I, I had this, I, I remember, yeah, I remember doing all this weird shit at that time also of like, you know, kind of taking pictures of like the guitar and taking pictures of like I had this weird thing of like kind of like a a rubber dragon and these pictures I'd make of kind of like moody looking kind of, <laughs> kind of trying to make some kind of moody art, you know, with these uh, with these photographs of, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, dragons and stuff like that, you know, and uh, and the guitar, you know, it's weird, you know, weird's OK. Weird little Let the like, freak flag fly. You know, it's called yeah, expression, yeah, it right? Little, like, uh, so you're yeah, mixing the medium, hobby. huh? You're using imagery and sound? Yeah, at that time, yeah, I did start doing that. Yeah. Now, uh, as far as academic, you know, you know, music at school, that's the marching mm -hmm. band stuff. Do, do you pursue this uh, like after, like with college and shit? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because in college I got into the idea of uh, – Actually, my major in college, you know, which was, you know, kind of in the 70s, early 70s, was video and computer art. It was like something I put together and decided I wanted to do. You know, they didn't have a major in that. But, you know, I was doing, I had these, they had, the, we had these, uh, you know, the porta packs, they call them these, these kind of reel to reel video recorders that were coming out of Japan at the time. It's kind of half inch videotape. 
and I was, you know, I was a video artist. That was the idea. I was going to be a video artist, you know. Okay. And, and making these kind of, um, you know, abstract graphic kind of videos or different kinds of cut-ups with different clips. And, you know, like, I don't know, get some clips of Evil Knievel or something and kind of cut them together with, uh, you know, uh, Soul Train, the TV dance party. Don Cornelius. <laughs> you know, and just like, just making this kind of amateur video uh, cut up kind of, you know, cut up pieces. But then you're then, also you know, supplying the, the audio. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, oh, I should have asked you, not just the guitar. We, did you get into pedals? Uh, no. Okay. I didn't have any budget for anything. <laughs> no, because I, I just think that's another, like, I don't know, entry point for oh, electronic yeah, music, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I've had people on the show, that's their gig. They play pedals. Oh, yeah. They no, don't even I, have the no, guitar or the bass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. yeah, that Brutal Sound Effects right, series right. was like that. Yeah, I mean, that, that. yeah, a lot of these people, it, looked, it was like a punk band, but there's nobody singing, <laughs> and there's no guitars, but there's, there's big amps and pedals and microphones. <laughs> And I thought, well, that is a cool, that was a cool act, you know. <laughs> so, none of this stuff you're performing live yet, right? No, I'm not performing out anywhere. This is all, you know. Tell me about your first performance. That's interesting. Okay, when was that? Well, um, my first performance out somewhere. Huh. Um, it would have been, you know, we kind of like... Uh, I got with this group, uh, I remember we called it uh, Loose Tubes Video, and it was like some kind of video, you know, kind of commune, or these kind of, or like collective of video artists, you know, and we did these kind of installations with, you know, kind of video feedback, I got into that and all that. So we were doing that in public and performance, and again, it was always the sound, if we were doing sound, the sound was kind of like, there's a point when I switched over and I just got interested in the sound, you know, but for years it really was the sound was kind of secondary to this video stuff. Oh, okay. I understand. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, video feedback was a big thing at the time because just discovering that and what you can do with that sure, and amazing sure. abstract patterns and this kind of whole psychedelic bent, you know, sure. and lots of stuff to carry to the gig. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> No kidding. But that was another thing. You know, I think that was part of the reason I got out of video at that time, you know, and, and, and got more into the sound because you kind of had to work in somebody else's studio if you're doing video at that time. Nobody had their own video gear or anything like that. Too, too, too much dinero, right? Yeah, it was too expensive and it was too much, you know, too much to slip around and stuff. Yeah, so, right. so actually to work on my audio stuff at home, you know. And so I just kind of moved in that direction. You know, I got more concentrated on that. So yeah. now you're saying your first performance was actually like a part of a collective installation. Yeah, yeah. Part of this, kind of this, these, these video, uh, yeah, like a video. Well, I always ask about the first gig because you can only have it once, right? So you think it was a success? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I mean, they didn't throw shit, you know. <laughs> That's they didn't boo you off. Interesting, man. I this is a great question because I I, I got to tell you I hadn't thought of that at all like in so long, you know. Yeah, but yeah, I think it was a success, and and I and um, you know, I had this 
video, like black and white video projected in those days had this really cool kind of the super grainy yeah, underwater yeah. kind of thing. You like know? the soap operas or dark shadows. Yeah. Well, you know, it was like, um, because it, it was illuminating the room. With no, this I meant I mean dark shadows, you know? um, Barnabas Collins. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not the actual texture of the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, no, Tim. Yeah, it had the, but it had this vibe of like you know, yeah, really dark, a dark room, a dark place, you know, underwater. Often, yeah, and a weird. There's a John Coltrane live thing from Germany. And Elvin's got a really loud sweater. He must be dying, sweating to death. But it's got this weird silvery kind of platinum. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's trippy about that. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, June 15, 2021, Dish Watt Pedro Show special guest, Tim Perkis. Hold tight for hour two. June 15, 2021, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
Yellow jacket lining mimics the sun. Pond life stasis, no UV pill. Tractor rumble from frozen farm. Humble braggers with puffer arms. Yeah. <laughs> 
Waffle for Pedro show start the second hour with loud loud drift or loud or Lou drift. Yeah, that's Lou what drift. Fucking asshole! You just told me, people. Talk about Alzheimer. You're always learning new t- names of songs. <laughs> so it's Lou drift, like uh, short for Lewis, huh? Or Louie? Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. Lou. Uh, yeah. And, and from a project called The yeah. Hub again, because like, like Wax Lips too. You got to tell me. Uh, uh, about this uh, hub thing, but first let me tell Ben Salter featuring Steve Rose out of Tasmania with Cold Season, then Mango Coffee, Jesse Sheldon, which is a, uh, and Sydney with the uh, Lucas Abella brother. Heinbach featuring Walter van Veldhoven, What We Do, and then finally Tim Perkis and Kiku Day with Four Ed, Four Ed, Four Head, Four Ed, Four E D. Yeah, 4ED. Okay. <laughs> Wrong again, Watt. Well, I slaughter people. So oh, he's a, he's a crazy. Big apologies to you. So, 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 so explain to me this stuff. Like, I mean, as, as you gravitate away from video and more into audio, is that's when these other uh, projects come in, the hub? Well, this is, you know, kind of after I, I, I came to California because, you know, I went, I went to school up, uh, college up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ah, oh, Stooges Town. Huh? Wolverine. Stooges yeah, Stooges Town. Town absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I was there in the seventies, right? And uh, and then you know I then moved to the Bay Area after that for graduate school, uh, where I was you know that you know didn't really take, but I was you know I was I came out to you know do do more video here at College of Arts and Crafts here in Oakland and stuff. But I really gravitated towards the towards the music stuff and electronic music, and I hooked up with these guys. The, the League of Automatic Music Composers yeah. that were um, all about hooking up these little computers that we had at the time. You know, these little, you know, single board computers, or I had one of those Radio Shack things. And, um, you know, hooking them together, and and they are like kind of listening to I think to it was called others. the TRS-80, right? They called them trash Yeah, TRS-80, exactly. That's what I had, yeah. <laughs> In the Commodore twenties and forties and Commodore sixty four, yeah, yeah, so be, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. These guys had these little Kims that look like they just look like a electronic board, you know, <laughs> breadboard. Right, we called them thing. a breadboard in those days. You put pins in them and yeah, yeah, shit. yeah. And so we just wire these things all together, you know, and say it was kind of like coming out of this idea, kind of like if you have an analog synthesizer that you're patching together, um, you know. Some of these guys who were in this, I hadn't done this before, but they were, they came out of like, okay, if they had friends that had analog synthesizers, when they'd get together, they'd just hook them all together into one big synthesizer, right? Oh, that's bitching. Instead yeah, of the idea that, of the fake fucking keyboard. Oh, yeah, no. I I mean, I, I'm always amazed people think about the old days of like, it was great and like <laughs> mini Moog and all that stuff. And it's like, mini Moog, fuck that. You know, it's kind of like it's some kind of like, you're trying to pretend it's your like trumpet or, yeah, or string section. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, no, it was just all about, well, what does this electronic stuff want to do on its own? Yeah, absolutely. That's what interests us, you know. Here, I want to play uh, this thing you did with Hiromi Vardy, Moon. Oh. The moon was getting closer and closer and closer to me that 
It was practically right outside the window. I could almost touch the moon. And it was most beautiful, beautiful thing that there was incredible lights and the string was coming out of it. Millions of strings reaching out and there was a dewdrops on the strings full of dews all over the place. It was shimmering and beautiful. I've never seen anything so beautiful. So I stretched my arm to touch and I cannot remember anything.
Watch for Pedro Show, that chunk of music star with Tim Perkins and Romy Vardy with Moon. And then Lisa Cameron with Sandy Ewan doing plat, pl- platypus, a little pun rock here, right? Because P-L-A-I-D, right? Like some of the flannels I wear. Huh? I got from John Fogarty. Uh, and then Tim Perkins with uh, Jean-Marc Montera and uh, Marseille. Marseille. Marseille, of course, the town. La, yeah. La, 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 la. Yeah. Duo. Marseille duo. Yeah, yeah. Good town. I think it's the second biggest city in France. So so t- t- tell me about these, these uh, collabs here, these duets. Because yeah, well, we, we... you know, I, I just had this idea. And I, I, this is why I, I thought I'd bring to you because this is kind of what I've been working on as my kind of, you know, shut-in COVID project. It's like, you know, going through – I know a lot of people doing this kind of thing. You know, going through these old tapes and, trying, and old files you have and trying to figure out, you know, what's good in that old stuff from years past. And so this thing I did with this woman, Hiromi Vardy, who is a very interesting sort of poet and a, a performer, you know, a former, we did this visual piece that she had designed in this very small theater, you know, in Berkeley. And, um, you know, I did, I did the sound with it. And she had this wonderful, that, that piece, Moon, is like a, a fragment from this wonderful story she was telling about about a time she had this experience of getting kind of transfixed by this moon and kind of falling off this balcony, you know, in this, in in this, in this kind of trance, like, and uh, the whole experience is really, it's really interesting, you know. And Kiku Day? Kiku Day was a a woman who lived in the Bay Area for a while. She's a Danish, Japanese, Danish uh, musician. I think she's she lives back she's back in Copenhagen now or maybe London I'm not sure where she is right now but this uh she was playing a shakuhachi and maybe there's another word for it this these really big shakuhachi I don't know if you have ever seen those kind of an oversized shakuhachi and uh-huh. she did this really interesting music that was you know it was inflected with traditional shakuhachi playing but of course you know doing these kind of advanced this kind of uh, you know contemporary kind of extended technique yeah extended techniques that's the word i was looking for yeah and the hub well the hub is this band i that I, some of these guys i was telling you about the, the the league of automatic music composers that are kind of hooking all these computers together right and that the hub was kind of the band that followed from that and it was another version of the same thing and that oh, okay. thing's been going you know, since those days, we, we've been playing all those all these years on ongoing, ongoing concern. Yeah, and, and, and um, uh, Jean Marc uh, Jean Marc Montera. Oh well, he's a he's a guy. He's a guitarist from uh, from Marseille, and very interesting, like improvising uh, kind of a rock slash uh, improvised noise guitar guy. Um, and you know, I I I had this. In, in 2013, I had this nice residency in Marseille where I got got to spend six months in Marseille, and that that was that was a blast. You know, oh, I got yeah. to play with some really interesting French musicians and other. That's the town that uh, Arthur Rimbaud ended up dying in. I went to the monument to him. Who who died there? Arthur Rimbaud. Rimbaud, oh yeah, yeah. Rimbaud. Right, he was running guns. He only did poems for two or three years. Yeah, he's <laughs> that's a fucking trip. So. What I gather is you like these collabs because it takes your music to a different place each time you're, you're dealing with well, them. Right, right. I mean, that's just, I, you know, I'm not, I, 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 I re, yeah, I really like these. 
And, you know, I've been playing in this kind of improv scene in the Bay Area for years, you know, which is kind of this, it's almost like being in one big band that changes a little bit for each gig or something. So we all play together in different ways, you know. Sure, sure. Different groupings. And it's, you know, it's it was a beautiful thing, you know. And so, yeah, I thought, well, finally I should like get out all these, because I've done a lot of these duo projects over the years. It's never been my main thing at any one time, but... You know, when you look back over all these years of them, there's a lot of them, and a lot of interesting things have happened. So, so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of where. No, when, when it comes to like a, a collab, how, how's it decided in your case, who, who who's going to drive? Well, it's kind of interesting, right? I mean, there is this oh. sort of culture of, uh, you know, and I was surprised actually. You you mentioned like Jerry Garcia earlier. Yeah, and I I I heard this interview with Gary Jerry Garcia recently, and I never thought that my Bay, the, the Bay Area scene I was part of was really connected with those guys at all, right? Yeah. But there's a way in which it does share this thing, you know, because they were asking him, yeah, if you have a new song you want the band to play, you know, how does that happen? And how do you you bring it to the band or whatever? And he says, well, the first thing you got to know with this band is you can't tell anybody to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so you play it for them and they'll like uh, well you know I, I'm gonna, I could do this you know in that part or I can do this and you know what I mean everybody's just kind of deciding on their own what it's going to be All right. and so, that, so this kind of culture of the improv scene around here that sort of came you know after those guys in a way but it really shares something of that but well, something, you, something's got to be the fuse something's got to get lit right well, you know, this is the thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily a song, but there's some area you're kind of exploring. And then um, I think this thing where just people like recognize and this is the thing I find so exciting and beautiful when this happens. You know, it's like, well, when something happens, you know, it. you know, when something happens and it comes up and maybe maybe out of some little plan you had, maybe you had some tune coming in, maybe you had some kind of rhythmic idea. But when it starts happening, everybody just recognizes that, and you don't want to break that. You want to stay on it. Absolutely. And make it happen, right? Right, absolutely. And, and it's really sort of focused on that idea that well, we're going to follow it where it goes, and then when it when something good happens, you, you know, are you alert to it, and you are you able to like follow it, and you know, kind of make each other sound good, and make and make it, you know, make something that emerges out of that was out of more than just your plan. And so it, I've Jim. always been kind of focused off in that direction, you know. I love that idea, man. Love it. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, June 15, 2021, Dish Watt Peter show special guest Tim Perkis. Hold tight for our three. June 15, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. Thank you. 
What I'm offering here is about 300 stuffed penguins of various shapes, sizes, and species to a deserving child, a deserving child. I'm going through a pretty weird time in my life right now. Having just gone through a breakup, graduated college, and temporarily living in my parents' house before I move out for good in the fall. Though I remain unemployed because my philosophy degree is at such a premium and sifting through my room, which has become this strange of my adolescence and burgeoning adulthood. It's been brought to my attention that I probably won't catch a man or have anyone believe I'm about to turn 23 with 300 penguins and a bunch of purple furniture around. And that looking at my current room, one might think some sort of 13-year-old with developmental issues is living here. I loved penguins as a child long before they were trendy. And I collected them Often putting on penguin weddings and penguin ballet recitals Where I made costumes for individual penguins All of whom had names that I kept track of in my penguin censuses I could recite all 17 species of penguin in alphabet 
alphabetical order. Adelie penguin, African penguin, chinstrap penguin, Eastern rockhopper, emperor penguin, a red-crested penguin, Fjordland penguin, Galapagos penguin, gentoo penguin, humble penguin, king penguin, little blue penguin, macaroni penguin, northern rockhopper, snares penguin, western rockhopper.
for Pedro Show. Third hour, start off with Tim Perkis and Jolie Leandre. Jolie Leandre, yeah. Leandre. Almost got it right. Dual, in, in fact, it's called Dual Improv. You, you helped clear that mystery up. <laughs> <laughs> then we had Veda Hill with 300 staff penguins. Veda Hill, she made this whole series of, of tunes, you know, kind of show tunes, right? Cabaret shit. But the lyrics, the libretto, if you will, it comes from Craigslist. <laughs> so, 300 stuff. Yeah, it's usually some kind of sex trip. Okay. Uh, Watt ads, right? Deep in the Woods featuring Rogue a Spore from uh, Dublin, Ireland with Panic Track and Hanson Potker with La Bota Abel. Fuck. Destroyed another language, people. Sorry. Uh, Tim Wholehouse with Spirit out of England and Tim Perkis with Thea Farandian. Skyrider. So there's two more uh, collabs. Let's uh, enlighten us, yeah. please, Tim. Yeah, well, again, these are just, you know, things I've gone through and I people I've worked with over the years. And I just thought that was a good one, you know. And um, um, Joel Leandre is this fantastic uh, French bassist kind of, you know, big, big feature in the in the kind of um, new music scene, a kind of classical Modern classical. I, I got to tell you the arco thing as well. You know, I got to tell you the arco bass really works well with electronic stuff. I mean, yeah, it's right. It, I, mean, I love it. Yeah. You know, Paul Chambers and uh, you know the the arco <laughs> thing is a bitching thing, but man, I really like the way you guys put this thing happen together. What what this this thing was well, Leander. With the arco bass, with the, oh yeah yeah, uh, what's it called a bow? It's called a bow. Yeah. <laughs> There's a German yeah. way and a French way. It depends how you hold it, right? Under or yeah. overhand. And, yeah. But but just this kind of legato thing where it's you know it stretches it out. It ain't all little points, right? It's all yeah. it just yeah, works really well. Yeah. yeah. And there's this kind of texture and nuance to it that's so subtle, but so fucking fundamental. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I really dig it. And so when you come up with these collabs. Are there just chances that you guys come together, or do you investigate candidates? 
Well, you know, they come out of different situations. I right. mean, again, I was trying to do this duo collection. So this this duo in particular, this was a quartet, actually, we had with drummer and a trombone player that we did a session, you know, in, in Oakland, you know, at that time. Right. So. So some of these things are pulled from different situations like that, you know. Actually, the bone is a lot like Arco bass. That legato yeah, yeah. thing that in, in, in the bass clef world, you know. Hey, I got to say, electronic music works really good in the low end. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love it. You know? <laughs> I, I started playing bass recently just for cover, you know, just because I dig it so much. And I'm no, you know, I'm no good at it, but, you know. Wow. What kind of bass you got? Well, you know, I got one of these... <laughs> I got one of these U bases. Do you know about those things? Yeah, they got kind of rubbery strings and like yeah, little ukuleles. Yeah, these really crazy, like super rubbery strings. And even though it's short, like that, you know, it's it's basically the size. It's a baritone ukulele, so it's really short. It's like I don't twenty some inch, you know, scale on it. You know, it's a full. It's a range of a real bass. Oh yeah, I used an electric version of one like thirty years ago with Elliot Sharp. It was called the Asbury. And in fact, you had to, the strings were so rubbery, you had to play them with baby powder on your fingers and stick to them. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> well, it's hard like to keep it, too. You really get sweaty or you're on Yeah, the, you know, these yeah. newer, the ones like you got are much better. I want to play this, uh, what is this, the, the House of Trans Infinite Light? <laughs> yeah.
Uh, last music for this edition, Tim Perkis with the House of Trans Infinite Light. A little different than the uh, Lead Belly tune, but music <laughs> is music, people. A Silver Bootleggers medley live from Nuns Island, uh, Quebec, from Manuel Armida. And then Trupa Trupa out of... Uh, Oops, Trooper Troop out of Poland, Danzig with Home. And finally, Tim Perkins with Scott Walton, Blind Signature. Scott Walton. Scott Walton, yeah. Is a, Scott Walton is a bass player, actually. You know, he's an incredible, uh, you know, upright bass player. Yeah. He's a you know, jazz kind of guy, mostly. And, um, you know, we've been collaborating. But I just heard him playing the piano once. I thought, my God, what's he playing? You know, he's playing Ligeti piece or something. He's like, oh, no, I'm just improvising, you know. So I thought, oh, man. So he, that was really his background. So I just talked him into doing a duo piano disc with me, you know. You so we did the, that. That's just from a CD we did released of, um, you know, duos of electronics and piano. You brought up a good thing. Can I ask you, is surprise important in, in improv music? What's that? Is surprise important in, in oh, surprise? music? Absolutely. You know, I think, man, I remember I I, I heard this quote from this guy, this this fabulous pianist. Um, what was that? Uh, Salvaslav Richter. You know, he's this yeah. classical pianist from from Russia, right? And he just says, and he says, straight out, surprise is the most important thing in music. And, and like improv really embraces that, right? And in improv, yeah. But he's talking about like playing show just, band. Yeah, just anything. Too, right? Yeah, right, but right. It's, but it's, and it, but it's I, I totally believe this because it's kind of like, it's so interesting because there's more to it than you realize. Because, you know, if you just do any fucking thing you want and then it's just one damn thing after another, there's no surprise, right? Right. Almost cruise control, right? Sleepwalk. Yeah, right. So you gotta kind of like, there's a way you gotta kind of imply it's going someplace and then go somewhere else. <laughs> right, right. So and, it's in kind fact, of a weird thing, you know. It's kind of it's kind what, of a that called irony twist thing. That irony, right? And what's the opposite of irony? What's the opposite of irony? That's a good question. Wrinkly. <laughs> Wrinkly. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be wrinkly. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I saw that in the bottom of the laundry basket. <laughs> but but you're right. You're right. You, I Also, keeping the listener awake, the gig goer awake, to keep them from so much life pounds you into the fucking cruise yeah. control. Well, right. Because you got to – people have to give some idea where it's going. But, I mean, I think in general this is what art does is, like, give people the thing where – I thought I knew what was going on, but now I'm not quite so sure. You know what De Boone said? He said, art is to prove that we're alive. Exactly. I think that's really, I think that's, that's really the thing. It's kind of like the way it's sort of the opposite of science of like, just to remind us that we're not on top of it all. And, you know, it's like amazing things happen and they will continue to happen and surprise us, you know? Right. You know, sometimes I take pictures. And I know photographers, right, they get their studio, everything under control. And control. But I, I go out to nature. So if there is a picture, I don't make it happen. I'm just ready to hopefully capture it. I call it an eye gift. Yeah, yeah. Eye gift. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, no, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, <laughs> I'm definitely down with this way of thinking about, about art. It's like, well, what can you catch that's going on, you know? Right. How can you, how can you, 
you know, surprise yourself because that was another thing about good point good point i make these instruments that kind of don't do exactly what i ask them to do these computer instruments you yeah know? you kind of you know they're kind of like it's an instrument i can play and i can go up and down and around and you know kind of c- control it but every now and then it's just does stuff i didn't expect and that's good you know i feel like that's kind of <laughs> it's kind of going back to this this childhood thing you you brought up earlier my you know kind of playing the guitar in the basement with myself or something yeah it's like the thing of like well i want to be surprised by what my instrument does even when i'm playing solo you know like you are when you're in a band and you're kind of surprised by what people do and you got to deal with it you know yeah right where can people find you on the internet um well there's uh i got a a um there's a, a uh, SoundCloud thing with my name, Tim Perkis. Okay, people, that's T-I-M-P-E-R-K-I-S. Right. Should and there's also Bandcamp. Okay. You know, but there's Tim no Perkis Tim Perkis. There's no Tim Perkis website? Yeah, no, there's there's uh, Perkis.com, yeah. Oh, okay. P-E-R-K-I-S.com, people. And you probably yeah. got links to everything else from yeah, there. Yeah, I got right? links there, too. Yeah. yeah. Tim, when you... Record if you find another batch of duets or whatever you're doing, and you get it going. Will you come back on the show? We can play it and talk about it because I could talk to you like for about but buttload of years. <laughs> oh yeah, man, this is great. I, I love talking to you. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks so much. Truly an honor. People, it's been the June 15, 2021 edition of the Waff Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.